Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have some Star Wars news to chat about this week. We've got uh, a numerous amount of episodes upcoming on the show, uh, but it's just been crazy times. So uh, we decided just to cover some Star Wars news headlines, and uh, we're chatting all about Kira returning to Star Wars Marvel Comics with a third story tying into War of the Bounty Hunters and Crimson Rain as well as lightsaber toys, talk about that extensively, and uh, various other things coming out on Disney+, Plus, Galaxy of Sounds, and much more. Take a listen, we got Blake coming up on the show. Another happy landing. Now a quick trailer for Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures. Hello, fellow enthusiasts. Ari here on yet another mission for the Galactic Society of Creature Enthusiasts. You have questions about creatures from all over the galaxy, and I'm on a mission to answer them. Tauntauns can be used as mounts in extreme cold conditions. But how are we going to tame one of these noble steeds? The society wants to know if we can train these guys to be guard animals. This little one has a lot of energy. Oh, wow, porgs! Now sit. 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 <laughs> there you have it, enthusiasts. With a keen eye and unshakable determination, a friendship is forged. And chin scratches are a big help too, aren't they? We are sitting here in the cantina, enjoying the nice Atmos, um, and we have Blake joining us back on the show. Uh, Blake, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here. It's exciting. Look at this new content. <laughs> All this new content. Man, that would kick things off with Galaxy of Creatures. It's not for everyone. <laughs> It's a neat design, though. It's all. It almost looks kind of South Parky. The way everything almost looks like looks like it's cut out of paper. Yeah, and you know, it's it's. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Forces of Destiny, which was like a YouTube series for for younger kids, uh, specifically girls, uh, like targeting girl fans. And uh, they had a whole like Barbie doll lineup that kind of followed that. So this seems to be aimed at just kind of anybody who's in that younger fan category and i don't know it looks like the kind of thing that might be fun for like parents to watch with their you know five-year-old or something like that it, mm -hmm. it's just you know it's just like a adventurist kind of like explore the galaxy and and watch videos on porgs and banthas and blurgs and all this and that honestly at that age 
you know, weirdly enough, they might even learn more about Star Wars creatures than fans who have watched these movies for for years and years. So yeah, um, it's true. I mean, just being exposed to it. Yeah. I'm just looking at the toys that are supposed to go along with this the show, and that is. They did a really good job taking a quaking monkey lizard and trying to make it adorable because that thing is yeah. quite quite disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like they uh, they got links on the website to uh, Target and yeah, there's just like a bunch of little plushy things and <laughs> Minox. Yeah, they've got some uh, they've got some t-shirts and pillows. They they make a whole merch line behind it. You know, like Disney just goes all out whenever they do anything. Uh, it's just a web series, but honestly, it's like. You know, to the to the nines as far as what's already available for it. Mm. So, any you know, you know what though? If you have like a nephew or a niece that's quite young, like you around yeah. five years old or so, this would be a I think a really good toy to get them. Just to get them interested in Star Wars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and they just uh, print out coloring pages and and all that stuff. It's uh, it's kind of cool. So you know, it's if anyone's interested in showing their niece and nephew or their uh, or their kid, or, or I don't know, if you're maybe you're nannying or something like that, go to starwarskids.com slash galaxy of creatures, and uh, you can find it there, all free, which is always nice. <laughs> so let's, um, what do we got here? We got we got a bunch of stuff that, that launched on Disney Plus, a couple things. I actually watched uh, these things. Did you watch the Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales? It's a new Lego Star Wars special that came out for Halloween. I did not. Please enlighten me. Okay, so um, I watched the Christmas one last year, and I wasn't a fan. I was. Uh, it was. It was okay. They had. They had some moments where I was like, "Oh, haha," you know. Uh, but uh, as we know, the Lego things kind of get get a little goofy, and you know, not that I don't like Lego humor, but uh, the Lego humor I liked was in the old games where there was no dialogue; it just kind of happened. It was like it was slapstick. Slapstick. Humor. Yeah. 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 Like I don't know. I was okay with that stuff, but I don't know. Maybe maybe my my heart is hardened to Lego humor <laughs> as I've aged a little bit. But um, I don't know. I just like the. Lego movies for me as long as it's uh, the Lego movie and Lego movie 2 were like I, I like those and visually they're really appealing to look at but um, but I don't know the 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 other stuff that they just kind of make TV specials out of and like I never got into the Yoda Chronicles I know that was a big thing yeah uh, they, I mean, they even made sense out, out of that one which yeah, was surprising yeah that's right yeah so this is just like another thing to add on to that and uh, now they've done two of them so I, I've watched both Christmas one was okay. It, I don't know. It, being being a Disney product, they're obviously utilizing all the cast and characters from the sequel trilogy. So it evolves around uh, just characters I personally... I'm like, Meh, okay, whatever. But, uh, but there's other characters that do show up in these things. Um, like the Christmas one, they go back in time and uh, they bring in characters from across the whole saga. And that was kind of neat, but it still just wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, this more recent one was uh, was okay. Um, it involved Poe Dameron crashing down on uh, Mustafar in the post Rise of Skywalker era, and um, he befriends uh, a, a kid there. And uh, there there's a there was a hut who's like in, who's like a contracting guy who's renovating Vader's castle to be like a theme park or like a hotel or something like that. That's funny. And, so. <laughs> This is yeah. it's all one story the whole yeah uh, it's like film? one movie yeah oh interesting yeah. I thought it would be almost like the Simpsons like Halloween shorts but they're Star Wars themed 
Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, what is it, like 37 minutes or 40 minutes or something, and it's like a like a TV movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, what, what was kind of neat about it is it had three, like, creepy stories or whatever that... that ah, okay. Um, and it, you know that old guy, the, the, the servant of Vader from Rogue One who you saw behind in the trailer and then, you know, everyone thought it might have been the Emperor and then we saw the movie and it was just some old guy, like his butler. Uh, so, so that guy is the guy that he returns in Lego form and he's like the only person still living in the castle is like these people are just basically knocking it down and renovating it and stuff. Yeah. And he's got this evil mastermind having like served multiple masters over the course of however many years he's been alive. He's got his own goal to be his own master finally. And, you know, to, so he tells these creepy tales to Poe and this boy and the, the contracting hut or whatever. And uh, and as they kind of go through this tour of the castle, like you kind of get to know these things. And they're all stories that are either told in canon and twisted uh, to fit the Lego humor or uh, on purpose because this guy's like a liar. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I don't know, I, like it, it was a little better than the Christmas one. Okay. Um, but it's so, a neat idea. And I have to say, I actually really like the poster. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they, they've been releasing a lot of interesting posters online. Uh, a couple of them being a very nostalgic towards some 80s classic horror movies and this and yeah that. And which is crazy right yeah like, like they did one for the shining they that's did one the one for i'm looking Alien. at yeah, yeah. The, i'm looking at the shining one so it's like the it's the door when yeah he like smashes through the axe except there's just all the star wars characters are looking through it <laughs> yeah. and and there's like a gray uh B1 battle droid holding the axe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's uh and then there's another one where it has like the two little girls and then there's uh, an alien one where instead of an egg, it's the Death Star um, with the green light, you know, around the rim kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they've been doing a really good job promoting this thing. Um, all the posters have nothing to really do with the actual movie itself, but it's almost a little disappointing because I would yeah. love a Star Wars take just for fun on yeah. those old classic horror stories <laughs> yeah it would be kind of interesting one of the most interesting part about this thing though as i was watching it was uh the rise of kylo ren comic book it's it's a comic book that uh, i've recommended you know on countless occasions to anyone out there it's written by charles soul who is uh the same author as light of the jedi and uh also has written some of the most amazing star wars comics ever including the first two sets of darth vader comics and uh he uh, he basically told the story in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book as to how Ben Solo became Kylo Ren. And it's a four issue miniseries, really quick to get through. And it was um, it, it definitely fills in a lot of holes uh, that The Last Jedi kind of left us with wondering what was the actual truth. And uh, this uh, Lego uh, movie actually takes that comic book story and twists it and turns it into uh something you can kind of see on screen and i thought that was kind of interesting like it was kind of neat that they that they use that as inspiration to tell the story but then they they change things about it and obviously you're going to get a whole lot of articles online being like they just changed kylo ren's backstory and this and that and you know it's, it's like okay well it's not exactly canon but yeah they've they've pulled inspiration from the in-universe story that actually happened which was you know, really good and you can find it in that in that comic book series that's actually pretty cool i might watch this show just for that but it makes me wonder though if people haven't read the comics like lots of kids and stuff they're not gonna grow up thinking this is a real story <laughs> yeah yeah it's obviously like a very goofy version of that 
Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's just the case with a lot of things. And, and again, I think it all goes back to that question because we had an episode that we did all about canceled Star Wars. We called it Rip Star Wars. And uh, in the Rip Star Wars movies and TV show episode, we talked about Star Wars Detours, which was a very goofy uh, cartoon animated thing put on by Seth Green. And that was meant to be kind of like a kid's version of Robot Chicken, but with like almost like caricature versions of the Star Wars characters. And Disney's claim to fame that they said, we haven't released this because we didn't want fans to be introduced to our characters and then have to see these wacky versions of not thinking that the previous six movies never ever mattered at all like they were just thinking about themselves obviously so um you know the, i i'm still waiting to see detours and and you know the fact that they keep on releasing these goofy twisted tales of in canon stuff makes me think maybe we're one step closer to getting it but um same same principle i mean they they took an in canon story and just goofed it up and made it for yeah. kids I mean, same as Robot Chicken in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Robot Chicken, there, I, I didn't even realize they were making more Star Wars shorts, but uh, maybe not enough to come out with a whole another collection of them. But mm-hmm. uh, but they they have been producing these little little clips, uh, you know, like three or four minute clips on YouTube on their their channel. You can find newer ones that they they uh, they've cracked some jokes at. Uh, you know, Palpatine's Endless Resurrection. and uh, Man, and, I, I got to check this out because yeah, I think we talked good. about this a couple episodes back, right. but I I didn't know they're making any since 2012. So yeah. I'm, there's, yeah. there's, there's probably a lot. <laughs> like Same voice least, actors and everything. It's pretty that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Definitely check that out. So yeah, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. It's on Disney Plus and you can find it right there. Would you uh, recommend watching it on Halloween? Yeah, I would recommend. Yeah, if you got nothing to do with your kids on Halloween or your, you know, family, niece, nephew, nanny, kids, maybe your the parents are going out for the evening, you need something friendly to show them. Yeah, I mean, you know, throw it on. It's a good alternative to going out trick or treating because you know, I'm yeah. I, personally, I like. I was never raised to go out trick or treating as like the go to activity on a on a Halloween night, but. Uh, you know, a lot of people like doing it. That's cool. But, you know, if your thing is staying indoors, then this is a really good alternative. So. Yeah, there might be a lot of people not going out this year, too, just because the pandemic. So, right, right. Exactly. You, yeah. you could binge The Simpsons and watch Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. <laughs> All right. The other Disney Plus thing, uh, these these two things I did mention on on. Uh, I think one of the Lightspeed episodes, and maybe it came up once before, but Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds. It's a, it's a new Disney Plus show that uh, really pays tribute to all the amazing talent at uh, Skywalker Sound. And uh, they have uh, various uh, episodes. There's seven of them, and uh, they're as titled Wonder, Excitement, Dark Side, Light Side, Beeps, Connections, and Oddities. And each of them are dedicated to a certain feeling that you get with some of the sound effects and noises that you hear through the films. So um, I've seen uh, the first four of them and I still need to finish the last three, but they're very short. They're, they're pretty quick to get through. Uh, but you kind of need to sit there and just absorb what's happening because, you know, as, as they're only like five to seven minutes each, but you really have to have some good headphones or a good set of speakers and a subwoofer and all that stuff because they've stripped dialogue out of the 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 clips and it's basically just a a a series of clips through the whole saga covering all the movies 
uh, and the TV shows, Mandalorian included. Um, not Clone Wars, but all the live action stuff. And uh, it takes out very key moments and stitches them all together, almost like a giant long tribute to all the amazing sound work in that category. And you watch it without dialogue and without music. And it's just the sounds. And there's sounds that I didn't even know they were there. And uh, it's pretty awesome. Like, you, you know, when you see hmm. some of these scenes, it's like, wow, I, I did not hear that below the music of John Williams. Or, or I didn't hear that, you know, beneath the sound of this guy talking or whatever. And uh, it was really cool. So, you know, if, if, if anyone's ever been interested in sound or, you know, if you love the franchise, then you're interested in kind of hearing more from these movies that, you know, these, these sound effects that have been buried in the mix this entire time have now, you know, they've got a little bit of a key moment to kind of bring themselves out a bit more. And, and this is it. Yeah, It's almost like they've finally been revealed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the official description is uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds explores the ambience of a galaxy far, far away through themes such as, uh, oh, I already read them all. Uh, be immersed in the hum of Coruscant at golden hour. Listen to the light of side of the force as Rey connects to past Jedi and observe booming lightsaber duels. Experience the nostalgic sounds from Star Wars across the franchise. Uh, the lightsaber one in particular would be a very good source for anyone making any fan films out there. I know you can get lightsaber sound effects online, but uh, these are, are literally just like, you know, that's more, it's, it's official material that has been officially cleaned up by just, you know, silencing the other audio tracks, which is about as clean as you can get. So, uh, you know, no weird filtering going on trying to you know, software remove dialogue and voices and stuff like this is like the cleanest lightsaber sounds that you're ever going to hear. Uh, so, you know, grab your recorder or whatever and uh, you, can, you can grab these sounds. But, it's pretty neat. Like, this just, to me just seems like such an odd thing to release. It I'm is, sure, yeah. I'm yeah. sure Matt Wood is very excited and maybe had a hand in trying to, <laughs> oh, yeah. trying to get it out there. Right. <laughs> but I don't know, like, just... Just thinking about it, like if all the things Disney to release, they've now released the like the flyovers or whatever. The biomes, yeah, Star Wars biomes. Biomes, yeah. and then this. Yeah, it's the most weird thing. Out of the two of them, this is way better. Biomes sucks. Like biomes is like <laughs> biomes. Hey, hey, hey! We're an unbiased podcast here. <laughs> you have anything negative to say? You keep it yourself. All right, all right, all right. Uh, biome, biomes is like biomes is like a like this. It's like a CG kind of, it, it's a very boring version of Star Tours. Uh, you just sit there watching your TV at, at a planet for like 60 seconds. I'll put it this way. It's an incredibly immersive wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, I always saw it as background stuff. You like yeah. throw, throw it in the background of your TV if you're having a house party or something. Yeah, exactly. Now the thing is, they should release this, these things, like biomes specifically. That would be cool if it was the kind of thing that you could just have playing on your TV. I totally get it. And then then it doesn't suck, right? Because then it's like, okay, that's kind of neat. It's like a window into the Star Wars galaxy. What I kind of wish is they just released more of those episodes because I think there was like two or something like that. It was like the Millennium Falcon and then there was like, a, you know, some some of the planets and, and that was pretty much it. And uh, And aside from that, they're not that long. 
and there's no way to loop it. Every single time right. it ends, it ends, and you have to manually hit play again. Like when they release these things, they should put in uh, like a, a repeat button so that it just knows to play again, right? That sounds like a Disney Plus issue. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a failure on Disney Plus's part to kind of market this thing properly because I, I didn't really know what it is. Like I, I, um, I, I turned on Biomes for the first time uh, and uh, this was a little while ago when it first came out. I was like, oh, cool. Like, it's a new Star Wars show. I don't know what this is all about. And let me check it out. And like 15 seconds in, I was like, what is this? Like, I don't, I don't even know what this is supposed to be. Like, the description is take is a it? virtual vacation yeah. in the Star Wars films, most iconic and beloved locations like Hoth, Tatooine, Sorgan, and this charming series whisks you off. Uh, you know, it's oh, sorry. It's 18 minutes. And the vehicle fly through is got two videos each five minutes long but still it's like it was a weird it wasn't marketed well honestly no, i think it was what it came yeah. down to if people knew what it was instead it was they pretty much just gave you the description of what you just said and put it out there and and then they end up just being screensavers yeah yeah it's just a. Uh... I don't know. I'm I mean, a shuffle button or sorry, a, a repeat button would have been nice and, you know, a little maybe a better description as to like kind of what this is supposed to be for, or who it's targeting. Because, you know, I hate to think that Disney Plus is kind of reaching to the bottom of the barrel, just trying to put out random content to please Star Wars fans. Like this is not the kind of stuff that I don't know. It's kind of it's it's like, yeah, for some people, it's cool if they want it on their TV. But, you know, to your everyday person that's kind of looking for an actual show to watch you know it's not exactly what we're looking for it's fillery for sure like yeah it feels like filler like they mandalorian came out and they're like oh this is really popular and now we got to wait six eight months for the next thing to come out like <laughs> yeah. just just put something out there and make people know that the name still exists yeah yeah exactly yeah get it in the news kind of thing yeah it's exactly all about grab, grabbing those news headlines on ign and stuff like that but um, are you thinking these are better these yeah the sound Gal stuff. oh yeah galaxy sounds way better uh it totally nails the this new appreciation for the work of the because the the biomes was just like new stuff it's like new cg environments different angles and stuff you see some flybys of some ships and this and that you see, hear some sound effects this is like this the the clips from the movies that you've grown up watching and appreciate for all it is and for to a lot of us like sound effects like the lightsaber like darth vader's breathing or or uh the sonic boom of the uh slave slave ones um you know bomb totally uh oh yeah yeah the detonators i'm blanking on the name now um yeah they're, they're uh, like sonic mines or something yeah yeah seismic charges that's yeah. it uh so yeah it's like you know the sound of that or 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 you know the the jingle of boba fett's heels or whatever right anything and plus the other sound effects that are happening minus music and dialogue there's things that i've never heard before because it just gets lost in the mix and not that that's a bad thing because I love John Williams and, you know, all the dialogue has to be there. But, you know, this just kind of opens up this new perspective on the movies that I already really love. And 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 it's what's cool about it is it just blends all of them together in these little shorts. And it's the best way to appreciate it, honestly, because they've just grouped it together. Excitement or light side or dark side or whatever. The excitement's a lot of uh, uh, space combat and pod racing and... You know, and hearing the pod racing without the music and, and all that, it's really, really cool. Like, it's, um, 
uh, it just kind of throws you in that world because in the real world, we don't have music and other people talking constantly all the time, right? A lot of it is maybe us by ourselves driving in our car or this or that or whatever. And sounds is what we hear like every day. So this series is truly just, it kind of opens this door to the realism of that world and the amount of work that it's taken at Skywalker Sound to make Star Wars feel so real, right? It's true. Um, it's pretty cool. And they finally have all of that revealed. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. you said it's pretty clean, so people could actually use it if they're making home videos and stuff? Yeah, I think it's pretty clean. Um, they do have it, like, segmented. It, uh, you know, it's like clip after clip after clip, and there is a little bit of mixing going on, so sometimes okay. they blend a sound effect into the next shot. Uh, it could be from a sep totally different movie, but sometimes they'll do that. And uh, it just makes it more kind of, like, interesting to watch. You know, it's like a, it's like a mix of all the best highlight sounds of that category put into seven minutes and um but yeah some of them you could probably extract and they're probably the cleanest audio that you're gonna find uh, but let me ask you this because there's now a clean track of this audio on disney plus and you put it on a video and upload it to youtube will will these sound effects now be hit with like copyright infringement <laughs> i don't know actually i don't know it's that's a tough one i mean can I, Disney I copyright sounds? Because they will. Think, you know they will if they can. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, if you're talking about, like, legally, then, yeah, all their sounds are technically copyrighted, but is their property. But as far as, like, using them online, I don't think there's any way to detect that yet. Um, music's okay. kind of the only thing that YouTube tends to recognize and, and grab. But, uh, yeah, sound effects have always been that gray zone of, like, okay, this is their property but it's not to the extent of not being able to use it <laughs> it's almost like a book there's like a percentage of a book that you can photocopy and share uh that doesn't infringe the copyright license it's it's kind of like that so i don't know <laughs> okay. one, well, one there we piece go. of the puzzle but yeah there you go galaxy of sounds go check it out uh, let's get into our first toy product here. We've got Ahsoka lightsaber toy. I thought this was really funny because uh, I opened up this thing. I was like, oh, it's a new Star Wars lightsaber. And I was like, that's not a lightsaber. That looks no. like... <laughs> I know, this looks like the kind of thing that Optimus Prime would like whip out of his wrist or something like that. I um, get mad vibes from like Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay, so anyone, anyone listening, uh, this is a uh, Toys R Us... Uh, Toys R Us Canada, because, uh, you know, we're based in Canada, but uh, I don't know where this is in the States. It's called Star Wars Lightsaber Forge, Ahsoka Tano Extendable White Lightsaber Toy, Customizable Roleplay Toy. Uh, it's listed up here for $20.99, so $21. And uh, it's supposedly a character-inspired design and deco inspired by Ahsoka Tano's costume from the season finale of star wars the clone wars when she's on mandalore um but it doesn't even look like first of all it's not her lightsaber hilt secondly i don't really know why it's white like it's it it, it doesn't look like it glows or anything like it doesn't look like it lights up it just looks no, like it, it looks like the old lightsaber toys that we could get when revenge of the sith came out like the solid plastic yeah. ones yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, solid plastic ones that you just kind of flick and boom, it's like a short blade that kind of whips it. The ones you see around Halloween and, you know, the seven-year-olds got them running around with those. 
Um, except the well, difference is this one has like got three interchangeable pieces mm -hmm. to the hilt. So you can mix and match with the only other one that they make. Yeah, which, which is, is similar to the toys that they have in at Disneyland, right? You can go, you can actually build your own lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's another one that they make. I, I don't really know who's the gold one is but there's another one that has a green blade and a gold hilt and it looks like it could be inspired by maybe yoda or something like that or qui-gon but uh i don't know i'm getting yoda vibes off the second i'm just looking through the pictures here um but yeah it's i'm getting yoda vibes from the other one but yeah this this i want the stormtrooper there's, there's a stormtrooper one yeah it's literally like a stormtrooper costume like turned into a lightsaber it's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing i've ever seen so <laughs> these these lightsabers man I, I i honestly i don't know if this is new or if this is like an old thing maybe some of you guys listening like have these at home but they're the weirdest looking things I've ever seen. Like, like the <laughs> one of the advertisements. There's a, a kid who's holding that the stormtrooper lightsaber and he's looking at it, and he looks like he's told he's supposed to smile, but he's just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. The, yeah. The, there's a Darth Maul one where it's just his head is the 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 hilt. There's his horns are like the uh, the cross guard. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. Is Disney just like stretching at toy ideas? I don't know, man. Like it's just—it's kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Like, like you know, if, if I was, you know, a younger, a young lad and wanted a lightsaber toy, I don't—I don't think I would look at this and go, "Ooh, I want that." You know, like there's other lightsaber toys out there which are way cooler and for the same age group as well <laughs> well actually look like lightsabers yeah they actually look like lightsabers yeah um, man just looking i know this is off topic but looking at the old like force effects lightsabers or i guess sorry black series now dude those are like a hundred dollars the force effects and then now these like the black series palpatine here is 400 bucks yeah yeah they've gone up yeah so back in the day in 2005 uh my Anakin Skywalker Master Replicas was $100 plus tax, brought it up to $120. Um, and that was it. The same kind of lightsaber now, only with the idea, only with the fact that you have a removable blade these days. Uh, the uh, And some of them actually, some of them have this like really cool uh, um, kyber crystal like removal thing and they vibrate and whatever, but still, um, the uh, the price has has over like, it's, it's basically tripled um for the nearly the same thing and it's like it's it's pretty nuts so the one it's thing that nuts. changed really i mean inflation on some level but the main thing that's changed is it's no longer george and instead it's disney yeah exactly it's like they're like people will pay three times the amount for this let's just hike it up uh it is a different company master replicas doesn't exist anymore but hasbro making the new ones and stuff you know, it's it's all the agreement that they have with with Disney, and Disney's the one that's responsible for the pricing, right? Primarily, I think. Because so, there's there's a Kit Fisto one here, which is exactly the same as Bryce's Master Replica. Yeah. And his he paid same as you, hundred and something, and this one's three hundred. Yeah. And his his also had a removable blade. 
Yeah, yeah. Eventually they started doing that um, because mine was one of the first ones ever. Like they, it didn't have a removable blade, but I think it was like two or three years later they all started making them with re There's removable two, blades. There's two generations, yeah. Yeah, of the Master Replicas ones, yeah. Yeah, and I always wanted the Luke Skywalker uh, Return of the Jedi version, but they never released it with a re uh, removable blade, only in the first oh, really? generation. Yeah, they never remade it. Oh, interesting. Has Hasbro remade it? Probably. Okay. Yeah, because and now, of course, there's also the Disney ones that you can get at Disney parks, which are a little less screen accurate, if I'm not mistaken. And the blade does come out of those as well, but they're a little more toy-ish. And they those come are the in those ones boxes. with the that actually like extend and light up, like those ones. Well, they're they're basically like the Master Replicas ones, except they're ever so slightly different. So uh, look up a picture of the, I think it's Disney Parks, Disney Parks lightsabers. And um, if you take a look at the image of these versus Hasbro, what's cool about the Disney ones is they make a ton of really cool hilts. Like they've, they've uh, retired a few of the designs, but for the most part, they have a, an incredible amount of options to, to buy. If you're at the park and you walk into Galaxy's Edge, you can buy a lightsaber and these are the, the, the Disney Parks ones. And to me, it, it like the boxing is a bit different. Um, it's got the Disney logo on the box as well as the, uh, you know, the, what can, what, what's inside and this and that, uh, you get one of those little plastic like vault boxes that the hilt comes in. And, uh, I don't know. They just they just seem a little bit different than the Hasbro ones. I don't believe they're the same sword. Uh, yeah, there are YouTube reviews of Black Series Force Effects versus Disney Park exclusive. Hmm, probably worth checking out then, because yeah. they're such a cool display item. Yeah, it is. And uh, I don't know what the price difference is between the Disney Parks ones and the Hasbro, but I'd be willing to bet the Disney Parks one is cheaper. It looks like the, yeah, the hilts do vary a, a little bit, hilt to hilt. Uh, for the Skywalker Saber, for the Episode 4 one specifically, the Force Effects one is a little more chunky compared to the Disney Park one, which... The chunkier look technically matches the on-screen prop size, mm -hmm. whereas like the Disney Park one tries to thin it out a bit more and tries to blend the scale of, I don't know, maybe uh, the scale of the uh, an, a different version of it maybe, and then try to uh, stretch it out, make it a little thinner. Who knows? Could but, be uh, they just want to make it smaller for child size hands as well right yeah no but it, yeah anyone if you if you're looking for the top of the line lightsabers the black series force effects elite lightsabers are the best i think right now you can get ahsoka uh the mandalorian dark saber and uh darth revan as well as darth sidious and kylo ren i think those are the ones that you can get in force effects elite uh and then pretty much everything else is either just force effects without the elite label. And the step, step below that is Disney parks. And then of course there's all the toy ones, but I don't know. We travel a little far away from the toy lightsabers here, but <clears throat> there's another series that Hasbro did for kids other than this uh, ridiculous 
character style hilt lightsaber. There was one, I think we talked about it with Bryce, I think at one point it was called Hasbro Blade Builders. And you could make like a four bladed lightsaber or like the a, one that spins. Yeah, like a pitchfork lightsaber. And like like <laughs> yeah. there's there's a there's a hilt with like like with like a I don't know if you can make this oh no you, yeah. I don't know if you can make this out, but there's like a like a hilt with like hilt pipes coming off in either direction, facing upwards yeah. with two little blades and then a long yeah. blade sticking in between. It's just ridiculous. Like, 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 what, what are you gonna do with that? Like, that's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe to a younger person, that's like the end all be all. But um, to me, I just take one look at it. I'm like, I don't know who on earth would want that. That's not even in the movie. Kids make kids get excited. They also had that one that came out, uh, I don't know, like 2010, which was, it was like a disc. And you could put lightsabers at the ends and like hit the button and it would like spin. That, that was like that was the first thing that came out that was ridiculous with toy lightsabers oh, and i man. think it sold really well and yeah. so they just ran with it and so there's a, just so many like obscure lightsaber toys now there is yeah um yeah the the history of toy lightsabers goes back very very far um but my uh, favorite is still gen one gen one the 1977 right. force beam yeah, it's a like a, a long balloon and a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in 1977, the very first toy lightsaber was a plastic. It's basically a flashlight and a blow up balloon that kind of just stuck to the end of it, and uh, that was your lightsaber. And it was called a a lightsaber, and it ha- it was officially licensed and everything. The blade was yellow of all colors. I don't know why, because this was like it's canon now. This was, I think, this was after the movie, and uh, oh, sorry, maybe they started making this before the movie came out. But it was basically no, it was after, a, and they were a, late. I, I recall hearing that they were really late producing toys. Like it came out almost a year after the movie. Right. Oh, here, here. This is the best part. Perhaps better than the sword itself was the mail-in ad which has Luke and Leia Starwalker. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day where stuff just like, because like adults, right? They make a stuff for, for the toys for kids and they just don't care. Yeah. They just can't be bothered to even get the name right. Oh yeah, I know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a really cool, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a really cool article by Inverse and uh, they've got a whole history of, of, Star Wars toy lightsabers here. I remember it was the you're the cool kid on the block if you had Darth Maul's double bladed lightsaber, like the electronic one from Phantom Menace, when it just came out. That was like the coolest yeah. thing ever. A buddy of mine, he had that, and I had like Vader's, I think, and we used to just like fight all the time, like duels. I forgot <laughs> yeah. they made made Darth Maul's. It was like every, it was like the coolest yeah. thing, right? Everyone's like, oh, double bladed yeah. lightsabers. Yeah, that was also the time where uh, I remember I had an Attack of the Clones Anakin Skywalker, one of those flick lightsabers, but it was super hollow. So if you hit it hard on anything, the pieces would just go punk and just like <laughs> pop right out of each other. You'd have to try and stuff them back into each other because, you know, it, the flicky thing is it wasn't the hard flicky ones that actually hurt when you hit people. It was like a really like cheap Halloween softy one, but it had a flashlight in it and the plastic blade was blue. Uh, and uh, those came out around 2002. But yeah, the ones before that were were kind of the same same style. I think if you hit it too hard, it would bend or whatever. And just, oh man, the good old days. 
The good old days indeed. Yeah. All right, Man. let's uh let's move on, shall we? Um one of the Sorry, you have one more thing to say? Oh, I was just thinking like the the light toy lightsaber has come so far. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. From an inflatable balloon that on the advertisement extra showed kids dueling which would never work if you've ever fought someone with a long balloon before <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it wouldn't hurt very much <laughs> and now disney has yeah, created a light up extendable blade which is crazy yeah yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that however, however that comes out I, I, they're releasing that in their star star wars starship like the galactic star cruiser sorry um and florida uh, it'll be part of that experience would be using this thing and it's some sort of game on the ship that you play But uh, I'm sure there's gonna be people with videos that you know as soon as it opens and stuff I'm sure it's the first thing that's gonna be online You know whoever gets that video and posts on YouTube will go viral because there's a lot of people That are anxiously waiting to see what this thing looks like aside from that one little video that they showed with their the teaser player. Yeah, yeah, yeah so does that mean they're not going to let people buy these things? They're going to be exclusive for the hotel? I think it's exclusive to Disney parks. Yeah, it's like technology that they've built. The Imagineers have built this for Disney parks uh, right. as a thing that I think their guests will be able to use. But it's not necessarily Man. something that they want to sell. They would make so much money if they sold. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably It's probably quite the engineering effort as well, which leads me to believe that it might not be something they can mass produce very well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the day will come that they do, but at the moment, it's just they, they it took a while to develop the thing that they do have. So I'm assuming it's like still kind of proto proto style. You know, they don't want kids mm -hmm. beating anything with that. No, but they could sell it to the collectors. But yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the Galactic Star Cruiser, Marvel and Star Wars is, re is releasing uh, a, a miniseries called star wars Hal halcyon or the halcyon legacy it's the, the the name of the ship in the disney experience galactic star cruiser and uh, this new miniseries invites you to voyage on the legendary cruise ship in an era expanding story from the high republic to the days of the first order so this ship's been around a very long time apparently uh and uh it's kind of neat that they're doing that way because it means that the experience when you go to galaxy's edge this teaser, this like Marvel comic will give you a very good idea as to what the ship might look like as well as what might be on board. And uh, it leads me to believe that maybe there's going to be relics from all of these eras. So it could be that Galactic Star Cruiser in Florida will be the first kind of physical evidence of the High Republic in practicality, right? Like in style and maybe props and lightsabers or whatever, like... Uh, I know we have the the video games in VR that have gone into that era here and there, but uh, not necessarily in real life. Like you can't buy a High Republic costume or lightsaber or anything like that. No, so, pretty much just been novels. So what we know as far as what it looks like is just covers of, of books and stuff. Yeah. What is up with this Wookiee? First of all, he's wearing a shirt in a tabard. <laughs> Wookiees don't wear clothing, so this whole thing is just already not canon. <laughs> I think I think they devolved in the High Republic. Wookiees wore clothing, and then they just decided not to bother. <laughs> By the time of Chewbacca, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they 
there's a liberation and they're all freed of their clothing tyranny. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so this will be a five-issue miniseries from Marvel debuting next year, apparently. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Written by Ethan Sachs, who penned the recent Star Wars Bounty Hunters run. Art by Will Sliney, whose work includes uh, Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren. Oh, look at that. And others. The series reunites the creative team behind Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic book miniseries for a new adventure that ties in to the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser experience opening at Walt Disney World Resort next year in uh, 2022, which is very exciting. Uh, it's also very expensive. So anyone who is planning on going there, you know, please send us any uh, videos or anything you got because uh, it's going to be kind of crazy to see. Um, and uh, they go on to share a few images on StarWars.com. So if you check out this article, you can go to StarWars.com slash news slash Marvel Star Wars Halcyon Legacy exclusive reveal. And uh, there's a lot there. Uh, the Wookiee featured is actually uh, Burry Yaga, which is a character that we've read oh. a few times now in the High Republic novels. Uh, that makes novels. sense. Yeah. I believe when we did a review, I actually played a clip of him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Sound like a dying dog or something. <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. So what do you what do you think of this? Because uh, they've done something like this before. They did a Marvel Comics run called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which was a series of kind of short stories that took place with like Han Solo and various other characters, Cad Bane, so on and so forth. Uh, I think it was Cad Bane uh, in that uh, in that park or around Batu and everything not to mention all the VR stuff that came out regarding Batu and now also the the higher publics so it's like they're mixing very much like using the novel the comic and the video game avenues to just totally market the in universe like the real life experience that they can give us to experience that for ourselves kind of thing very disney of them to do but yeah what do you think of this did you ever read galaxy's edge or I can't remember. <laughs> if, if you did read it, it might have been on digital because uh, I never got the, the practical version of that. But uh, Yeah, I can't remember if I read that one or not. I read a lot of stuff. I know I didn't play the VR game. I really wanted to because that seemed pretty cool. You yeah. still need to come to your place and do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, the, the comic was okay. Um, I feel like this is just another attempt to kind of market their... their their thing the park um, yeah yeah uh, whether so or not they, they who knows they, they could come up with some good stories for it i we'll still see. suspect that they're wishing they had made stuff from the original movies <laughs> yeah go to, go to a hoth base or something right yeah yeah that would be that's or the tatooine, thing I think, man like tatooine is the place everyone wants to go to the thing is is like i think disney just has a very hard time accepting that star wars is loved because of the first six movies and not necessarily their stuff and you know not to say that people don't like their stuff there's a lot of people who do but it's more just like the only reason why they even made what they made is because of these other six movies and the fandom exists because of these other six movies like because of george lucas's movies it's tough because, so. like, I think part of it is also parents are the ones with the money, and 
a lot of them would go to something from the original trilogy, even the prequel era, but they're not as interested to go to the new stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, um, I mean, yeah, because it would be really cool to walk through uh, Moss Eisley or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? And, and, you know, sand would work down there. It's California. I mean, you True. Know, they, don't, they don't need to worry about the the wind or rain blowing it all away i mean they just put a giant sand pit in there and you're good to go right so yeah we could go watch the bunta eve yeah it would be incredibly immersive if that was the case uh but you know it's, it's just one of these things that's like and and not only that but batu is like what is kind of neat about batu is that it is like a location they made to be independent and to be like this separate thing that we haven't seen in the movies before mm-hmm. but the era that they placed all the characters in like you only see first order troopers walking through you only see uh the the new generation of x-wing and stuff like parked on the side right like you, you don't see anything else you don't see things come and go as the seasons pass like whereas it's, you know they, you know, they could more, change it up once in a while but that's what i was gonna don't. say it's more money but they could do it like well, weekly would be ideal, but seasonally at the very least. Yeah. You know, every few months, just change up the era. Like, if it's a place that's not, sh- like, film-specific, there's no reason why you couldn't do that. Right, just, exactly. Disney has so yeah. much money. Just get new get new costumes and get them to change every so often. You know, they would make a killing, too. If they said spring would be... Uh, spring would be the the the, the prequels and and uh, summer would be the originals and then fall would be uh, fall to to winter would be like the the sequels kind of thing or whatever. Yep, like, I agree. And they just every season they just rotate out the ships and they change what's in the shops and they change the characters walking around. That would be cool. Like that would be pretty neat because then you'd have families inclined to go at different times of the year and maybe even three times a year just to see what's different about it. Right. Dude, Disney should hire us. We could make them so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I think their problem is? Is they need to hire like fans who know what they're doing over people who just either don't like Star Wars or are kind of like a fan, but they're not really like mm-hmm. in they're it. Just, you know, like they're they're Disney yeah. yes men. They're Disney men. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean. No, I agree. Uh, I, be- I bet you whoever designed Batu can't couldn't even tell us what a Nexu is or an Ackley or something like that. You know, they'd probably just be like, ah, Star Wars. <laughs> you know, probably like, not even that. Yeah, that's <laughs> gibberish. Oh, that's that's that space franchise, Star Star Trek Wars, right? <laughs> Must be what it is. The Trek Wars. Yeah, the Trek Wars. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good point, but honestly, that would make such a difference if they just do that. It would, make, yeah. Because people would go multiple times. I think we, but next time we go, we would plan around. And each time we went, we would plan around going on a, a different era, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um. All right. So uh, we got uh, Star Wars Visions premiered on Disney Plus on September 22nd with uh, all nine shorts in one go. We sat down, watched them. We gave it a review. Uh, There's an entire podcast episode out there on our uh, on our uh, podcast uh, called uh, Star Wars Visions Review, a Japanese anime cultural take on Star Wars. And it was very good. And we had a good time watching all those things. Uh, what they just released is the digital soundtrack, which is now available on probably various streaming platforms. 
you can check it out on starwars.com and uh, you can listen to various songs from those shorts, I guess. Uh, primarily the one from <laughs> from uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt singing Galactic Dreamer. Uh, that was a, that was pretty interesting <laughs> from Tatooine Rhapsody, which is mm. the second one you know, about the rock band. I almost thought it was going to be an album entirely only of Tatooine Rhapsody. It was like their band's album being released. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be cool too. An in-universe thing. Um, although being not canon, it probably also wouldn't make any sense anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> You also have the question of should it be in English or Japanese? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think the other thing is like some of these are just the, the compositions of the music from the backgrounds, not necessarily like the lyrics music, but just... Yeah, the, that's what it looks like because it keeps saying composers and not... Yeah bands and stuff yeah exactly so uh yeah so that's uh that is available this this was actually a thing that came out on october uh well that's actually uh today today uh, this was a very new thing so um you can now listen to the music from all nine shorts in the anime anthology now streaming on disney plus so yeah walt disney records everyone honestly disney could make a streaming service of their own just for the soundtracks that they own like it's probably one of the most popular things on Spotify. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. They could just make it an extra thing. Part of Disney Plus, you have like another music app and it's just Disney music. Like some people subscribe to Spotify just for Disney music. Like, I don't know why nope, they haven't capitalized this on this yet. Yeah, Not you can the, hear the, hear the intros. That? Yeah, you can hear all the music, hear the intro to the old like Disney movies and- Yeah. Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, you get everything in there. Yeah. You name all it. The, all the Fox stuff now as well, like soundtracks to so oh, many movies. Yeah. Like you get an incredible amount of music. Um, yeah. So I don't know why they haven't done Would it. Would you but. subscribe to a streaming channel that was just, just like, Disney? Fil or like film soundtracks? No. Uh, I think, <laughs> no, what, what, what I'm kind of more gearing it towards is they could gear it towards Disney Plus because there might be some people out there that are like, oh, there's not enough to watch on Disney Plus, but then they listen to music a lot. So maybe for like the same price that it is now, they just remove all their music from another service and they, or maybe they just make their own service that kind of supplements with Disney Plus and you just get access to all their music on the Disney music platform or something like that. I mean, they already got a Disney radio channel that doesn't even play Disney music. So uh, like, you know, why wouldn't what they do they, this, right? What do they play? <laughs> they just play like, like kid pop music, remixes of old songs, like, like redone covers of High School Musical by people I've never even heard of before, and uh, it's it's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's it's like, it's on Sirius XM, and uh, I don't know. I think it's like one of those things like they own the channel, but they don't necessarily know what people actually want to look for when they watch. Di I don't know. To me, Disney music is like listening to the lion king or or whatever right like or mm -hmm. uh, no you know, i agree you, you got a friend in me from toy toy story or something so like good. that you know sing along classic right? yeah and that's the perfect thing to have on a radio station in the car for those road trips but uh yeah they just play play other stuff and it's kind of confusing so <laughs> again disney's got to hire us we're full of ideas <laughs> yeah man we reinvent that company <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, obviously the guy that they had because, well, partially due to the pandemic, but I mean, Bob Iyer did come back out of retirement to kind of fix the company uh, that was sinking with COVID. So um, their new CEO was just hit with a boulder when he came in, you know, COVID hit and then yeah, bunch of revenue his loss. Name, and His yeah. name is also Bob, isn't it? Is it? Is it Bob? I thought it was I like something so. else. Maybe it's Bill. It's, <laughs> no, I think it's Bob Iger and Bob Chapik or something. Oh, yeah. Bob Chapik. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Poor Bob, you know, hit with a lot of stress there. But, uh, oh, actually, yeah. He prepares to surrender his executive chairman role to Amaretta status at year's end. That was in May 2021. Oh, so he might be the like the one of the shortest CEOs Disney's ever had. That's crazy. Could you imagine, though, picking up Disney in a pandemic? <laughs> I'm sure yeah, he's had to work know. in the stress of a full career. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Definitely. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on to the next thing here. We have uh, a possible Star Wars game releasing on, uh, is it December 14th? So um, this is kind of an interesting thing. They released information of, of the... the um, I don't even know what to call this page here. It's uh, it's uh, it's like a a, a, a count an advent calendar for for Star Wars in a way, and it's called uh, bringhomethebounty.com. So if you go to bringhomethebounty.com, it'll take you to a StarWars.com webpage, where every week from uh, there's weeks one through week twelve leading up to December twenty eighth. And each week, there's a new collection of merchandise that you can shop for online. So this week is uh, Star Wars Retro Collection, 3.5-inch Mando figures. Uh, for the, uh, There's one for a Death Trooper. There's one for the Armorer. Uh, they have, uh, yeah, a lot of the retro Mandalorian figures in general, as well as the Black Series Mandalorian Death Watch premium electronic helmet which is kind of neat because i know you and i both like those black series helmets so they're releasing a uh, mandalorian death watch one which is pretty cool that's pretty cool it looks like the boba fett mold but repainted obviously repainted blue it looks like yeah yeah like the the, the death watch that we see from uh, mandalorian not not clone wars um but uh, yeah they got some other stuff on there they've got um a another mando helmet replica from uh, a company called Denuo Novo. Uh, they've got some Mattel stuff on there, some Build-A-Bear Workshop, Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar, some various other Lego sets, as well as uh, the Star Wars Slave One Starship. Do they name? <laughs> from, from Is it name that? Is it no, name that? No, no, it's not. Yeah, unfortunately, you'll find it listed as Boba Fett Starship. <laughs> Just plainly listed on the website there. Some so, of these toys have been out a long time, so. Like the like the Star Wars Boba Fett slave one starship, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny how they're lo- like linking it to this to the website that has to unlock. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's another thing is um, we are getting the book of Boba Fett in uh, the coming weeks. I think um, book of Boba. When is that? Is that November or December? Um. I think it's December. Sorry, December. Yes, December 29th. Okay, so this advent calendar basically goes all the way up to the day before 
the Book of Boba Fett comes out online on Disney Plus. And uh, it, what's funny about each of these things is there's like an icon on the advent calendar per week. So right now the first week is just a Stormtrooper helmet. But all the stuff in there is actually a lot of retro figures from Mando. The next one is the Mandalorian helmet. And then we got Sabine and then Ahsoka, Captain Rex, Grogu, a Tusken Raider, a, a gonk droid with a ribbon wrapped around him. We got the 50 years Lucasfilm logo, a video game controller. Uh, and then there's uh, some lightsaber hilts on week 11. And on week 12, we get Boba Fett naturally because the next day Book of Boba comes out online. You can expect so you, some Book of Boba Fett okay. merch listed in week 12. So but you can see 10, weeks ahead what's going to release? Well, based on the icon. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, sorry. Let me, let me, I don't know if I say this line. I'll send it in the chat here. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, so bring home the bounty, um, starwars.com slash bring home the bounty. And uh, every week has like this icon there. And week 10 is... Uh, what looks like a controller, like a game controller, which is the mm -hmm. only non-Star Wars icon there, other than the 50 years Lucasfilm, but that's kind of self-explanatory. The game icon is very, very vague. You know, it, it, there's no Star Wars anything about it. And has, uh, it, has there been a Star Wars game that's been announced to release in December? Sort of. So this is supposedly... <gasps> Lego, Lego Star Wars. Now that's delayed to next year. Uh, ah! But <laughs> there was uh, Star Wars Hunters, which was supposed to come out this year, and then it got delayed to possibly next year, but they still haven't set a due date, I don't think. Uh, it could be that thing. It could be maybe they'll just drop Star Wars Hunters online that day, and it'll just be a link to download it on Switch and Android and iOS. Uh, that might be it. Uh, if it's not that, I it, it seems a little weird to maybe use this website as a way to announce a new Star Wars game? Like that one that we haven't heard of Well, I, I doubt this is them announcing it. They just needed an icon somewhat related to what's being released. Right. And so then they'll do it might be a, Star Wars Hunters then? Yeah, yeah, but I think they'll do an actual official announcement. Maybe this is just a tease. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely possible as well. Uh, IGN had an article on this as well, which, uh, you know, they, they copied the tweet from Star Wars and, you know, they submitted it and they had a whole like little write up about it going on about the uh, Ubisoft's massive uh, uh, game and, uh, uh, you know, the, the remake of KOTOR and, and all this and that. But, uh, you know, one game that we can count on as well from EA is a Fallen Order sequel. So, you know, will this be the announcement of Jedi Fallen Order 2? I find that really strange and probably unlikely. Personally, I think it's just going to be a link to download Star Wars Hunters since that's a game that we're all expecting to come out anyways. We just don't know when. So maybe that's their way of being like, guess what? It's out. And, and right. then, you know, they've got the attention of everyone who all of everyone who visits StarWars.com, which is probably not that many people. But, um, <laughs> you know, it'll just grab attention from their site and everything is it's an avenue for them to market it right so why not use it right um that's just my theory but you know i guess yeah, in uh, fair enough. 10 weeks we'll find out exactly what that is so you heard it here first count countdown star wars escape pop podcast as we figure out week to week what's happening that's right 
Uh, do you want to read off this tweet here from Mark? Good old Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, our favorite tweeter. <laughs> Is this a different tweet than the the game or from that website? This is uh this is uh yeah this is on the the our, our outline here. Oh we yeah, got, yeah yeah uh, We got a tweet from from Hamill himself. Um, uh, yes. October okay. Eighth. Mark Hamill, quote, fact check, true. As my hand hurtled through the stratosphere, the flesh of bone burn away, and the lightsaber impales the surface of an unnamed planet. Just imagine, had this sequence been retained. I would have would have been a bookended cameos plus twice the screen time. <laughs> You're still so bitter about it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, it's pretty funny because like, is that was that a rumor that the movie would open to Luke's hand gripping yes. his lightsaber? Yes, it was. It was a rumor that uh, Uber Uber Facts, which is a, a verified Twitter uh, account, uh, said the original script for the Force Awakens opened with Luke's hand, Luke's severed hand floating through space, still holding his lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back. Now, this was a rumor a long time ago when I think Force Awakens either before it came out or even after. And this was just a thing that people tended to. It was like one of those things that's like a rumor that's like could definitely be true. And then it just didn't happen in the movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, but Mark Hamill, he like himself is saying that was, in fact, in the script. It was it was true. That's how the movie would have opened. And um, they they changed it but yeah that would have been his second cameo in the movie his hand and then uh him standing on a cliff so you know he's obviously still still pretty a little bit about, about it. it yeah yeah but, i waited all uh, this long for a cameo <laughs> yeah i waited all this long to be in the next star wars movie and all i got was 12 seconds <laughs> i don't know he's, they, uh, get, he's, they could only afford harrison ford yeah they, yeah. they couldn't afford both of them <laughs> oh man there was a there was another thing that mark tweeted out um he's a, he's a funny tweeter he tweeted out uh some someone asked him what his favorite star wars meme was mm -hmm. and he tweets out this meme of uh the uh the simpson girl sorry i'm blanking her on her name lisa lisa yes uh standing in front of a big board which i assume is a, a popular meme to replace the text on this this big pr presentation board Oh, yeah. And the text said, uh, Harrison Ford doesn't care about your Star Wars opinions, and neither should you. <laughs> or something like that. It was like, it was like the most just blatant kind of expression that, like, it's true. Harrison Ford doesn't care about anyone's Star Wars opinions, you know? It's, it's true. He doesn't care about Star Wars at all. <laughs> yeah. It's just a big paycheck to him. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was the funniest thing ever, but the fact that Mark Hamill recognize this and like tweets it out and you know it's like this is my favorite meme i thought that was pretty funny like, <laughs> well he probably knows better than anybody because he's actually yeah. talked to harrison about this <laughs> oh yeah yeah exactly in an, a non-panel situation where harrison is like obligated to say positive things <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like first press conference ever for star wars in 1977 hey kid when's this over Right. <laughs> Where do we get paid? When, when do we get paid? We get, we get the check on the way out the door. <laughs> That's a good point. Would, would you have liked this opening? Or is it too cheesy? Because it just makes me wonder, how did his hand 
with the lightsaber getting his face in the first place. I think it's because Bespin is a gas giant. So when his hand kind of fell out that tube, when Luke uh, landed on the little antenna thing, mm -hmm. and you just see his lightsaber and his hand just fall from the sky, uh, that, that, I guess, maybe it just kind of falls, gets swept away in some vortex somewhere and just kind of consistently flies through space. I find it really weird that... I feel like there's still gravity, though. So yeah, it would fall like, towards the... Because, like, they're mining. Oh, they to be mining that's, something. That's right, yeah. I don't know. Maybe some ship flew by, and maybe we'll get a Star Wars biomes that fills us in where a ship flows, flies by and knocks it off axis, and, you know, it starts uh, like, making like its way to, to all the way to, to uh, Jakku. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, the hand with the lightsaber just bonks off the top of a, the, like a ship off their windshield and like catches on their antenna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You get Jar Jar flying by and his, uh, <laughs> he's at this point in time, he's probably uh, like a street side comedian, right? Like for, from as Chuck Wendig. Kind, yeah, Chuck Wendig <laughs> kindly gave us uh, uh, performer Jar Jar, performer Binks. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to his next carnival. And this he is just his traveling circus. Yeah, exactly. And like a, a little uh, bonk on the windscreen and whoopsie, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also just impressed that even after his hand's been cut off, like Luke's hand is just as death grip of his lightsaber, just not releasing under any circumstances. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, uh, little, uh, little much, I think, but. Um... <laughs> And I'm glad that that got cut. I, Probably I a good when, idea. When I first read it, though, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And and now, the more I think about it, though, the more I'm like, it "Just makes no sense." <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? A little. I think I brought this up before, but it always reminds me of the Thrawn trilogy, where yeah. the villain, not Thrawn, but there's a like a. a a Jedi that's gone insane, he finds Luke's hand and uses it to clone Luke. Yeah. So yeah. it led to rumors like, oh, maybe Snoke has a cloned Luke. Right. Oh, actually, you know what, though? Um, in the Marvel comics more recently, they did confirm that Luke Skywalker's hand is being used as a source to, to make Snoke. So... In a way, even Man, though it got, that went horribly wrong. Yeah, so sorry, I forgot to mention that. Even though the movie cut it out, they do insinuate that the hand was found, obviously because the lightsaber was also found, but more so that the hand was then sold and somehow inherited and acquired by Palpatine and is now being used to make Snokes. So Rise of Skywalker just gets weirder every, all, all the time. You know, uh, the more you think about the movie, the more you're like, what? <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> a little bizarre. Uh, you think he'd want to use his own blood, his own DNA. Well, I, I get that would make sense, right? Because he thinks he's the Sithari. Yeah. In, I mean, in the expanded universe, that's kind of like a, a subplot thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they've ever confirmed that in the canon, but but I think there is. Thing. I think it is canon that the Sith have their own prophecy. I yeah I I can't remember where that is, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, that, uh, when I read Master and Apprentice, I was pretty surprised that there was and there's the prophecy of the Chosen One, but there's like a whole bunch of other prophecies. So uh, some of them being things that were set up in the book to make more sense for the sequel trilogy. So 
Um, yeah. Uh, so last thing we got, uh, or sorry, we got two more things, but let's breeze through one of these last things. Um, every beginning has an end. Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil arrives November 16th, the final installment in Timothy Zahn's Thrawn prequel trilogy chronicling the rise of the legendary military strategist. Uh, the tale finds the Chist Ascendancy slipping into war with Thrawn forced to uncover dark secrets in order to save his new home. Um, I haven't read any of the Thrawn trilogy prequel, prequel books. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, supposedly been pretty good and, uh, been received fairly well. This is the one to cap off that trilogy, uh, which is now the second trilogy that Timothy Zahn has made in the canon. Uh, and the third trilogy, I believe he's made as a whole for Thrawn as a character. Uh, so yeah, November 16th, it all ends there. And, uh, I assume that we will get some sort of links in that book that not only tie together the the six book series he has going on now in the canon with Thrawn uh but uh also maybe leave some open end threads that could be tied up in the live action series because the rumor is that he's gonna make an appearance in the live action shows so well they certainly led up to that in Mandalorian season two they did yeah they did insinuate it's gonna happen so you know fingers crossed it happens in book of boba because i'm really looking forward to this if not then mando season three maybe uh you know we, who knows so i guess we'll find out but yeah well, i think it's gonna be the ahsoka series is when that starts coming more right. fruition that's that's true as well yeah so lesser <laughs> evil november 16th i do wonder if, if timothy zahn's getting tired of writing about thrawn though <laughs> He keeps doing it, so I want. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. When we met him at Celebration to sign our mm -hmm. books, he looked pretty burned out. But then again, he had just signed like a hundred books, so uh, maybe he's just. Um, <laughs> I'm just cracking jokes. That is, uh, I don't know. Those conventions probably get a little energy draining. He's got to yeah, hide on everyone. True. Yeah, but getting uh, herded around. Yeah, he's one of the longest authors that has been writing Star Wars books, though. So, you know, gotta give him that. You know, he stuck around long enough. Mm -hmm. It's true. Just if I knew he was out. there signing, I would have brought more books to get signed instead of just the new one. Yeah, too bad. exactly. So, uh, this is a bit of an older news thing, but more recently became relevant again. Um, this was uh, uh, about Kira from Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, Charles Soule's Star Wars Comics trilogy is fully announced. So more recently, the Marvel Comics news has been all about War of the Bounty Hunters. And it's been this big Marvel Star Wars crossover that happened. And um, then uh, the second story that kind of it reintroduced Kira from Solo and continued her story in a way. And the follow-up story to that is going to be a miniseries, five issues long, called, uh, uh, called Crimson Rain. Uh, but more recently, they just announced that there is going to be another miniseries that follows that miniseries called The Hidden Empire. And if you put War of the Bounty Hunters side by side with uh, Crimson Reign and The Hidden Empire, you have an entire trilogy of stories that continue the, the life and story of Kira from uh, Solo from Crimson Dawn. So I thought that was really neat. So this is picking up from where Solo left off then? 
Or is well, it farther War, down the line? It, it's farther down the line because War of the Bounty Hunters takes place between episode five and six, which okay. is where the story starts. And, uh, you know, I'm actually kind of, I think, yeah, I believe Crimson Rain does, yeah, it does take place um, uh, after War of the Bounty Hunters chronologically, I, I believe. So, uh, which is also in that same gap of a year where, you know, Han Solo is still captured and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, after Crimson Rain ends, which is only five issues long, they're going to tell the final story in her story, which that could mean her death or who, whatever. It's called The Hidden Empire, and hmm. it's going to wrap up, I guess, what Charles Soule has planned for Kira. But as we know, Charles Soule, one of the best Star Wars writers that we have right now, doing all the best work that we've had in the novels and the comics, and he's writing Kira. So anyone who loves Kira, you're getting the best writer for star wars comics that there is and uh he's going to be solely focused on her for a trilogy of star wars comics so that's really really cool that is pretty cool yeah. well i'm looking through some of the the covers for like the comic series yeah and one that stood out to me uh was pretty neat is it uh there's actually tied defenders across the top which i was wasn't expecting yeah. a little callback to thrawn and star wars rebels yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be like the Empire's top secret research project. Like, yeah. Maybe my top secret, but one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what the EU was. I think that was the case as well when we found out when we... Yeah, Star Wars Rebels got into that. It's the answer to combating X-Wings properly. Yeah. Which have shields, right? But, so. And it was also Thrawn's idea. Yeah, yeah. Which no one wanted to listen to. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Yeah, well, they're yeah. too expensive. People are expendable. Yeah. Hmm. That was neat because honestly, one of the things that was disappointing about Solo not getting a sequel because it performed so poorly at the box office is they set up Kira for this this cool kind of like underground. She's maybe becoming like a crime lord sort of thing. And then yeah. nothing. Like, <laughs> I think honestly, and I loved what Ron Howard did with that movie. He was just a, an amazing director. Uh, made me love that movie. Uh, going into it being skeptical, and I walked out feeling satisfied. You know, which is yeah. more than I could say about other movies I've gone into. I thought it was good too. Honestly, I thought it deserved more than what it got. It did, yeah. But it <sighs> it could have started with Ron Howard from the beginning. I think a lot of it had to do with budget and the yeah. midway through director's change and all that stuff that caused yeah. a lot of problems. There was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There was the cards were definitely stacked against it. Yeah. But totally. I thought what we got was actually a really good film. So it's too bad that we're not going to get more of it. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it's purely like a a lack of interest from obviously box office results in the first one that we didn't get the second one. But I think it was obviously a, a it was also a mistake to set up what looked like they would make a, sec a sequel. I think that was a big mistake. Having uh, the anthology series hadn't been canceled at that point. Obviously that was covered in our, again, our rip Star Wars episode. But uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a misstep, I think, to assume that Solo 2 was gonna be a thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, out of all the stories that they could tell, I mean, Solo is not the, not at least not my go-to they pulled it off but it's not my go-to and you know especially not a sequel like like why why spend the resources there when you can spend the resources on 
so many other cool stories. And at the same time, like, you know, we still hadn't had Clone Wars completed and there was a bunch of other No, I agree. Things. I think so. part of it was this was at a point where Disney was has to be original trilogy, but we're not doing it. Right. Yeah. Cause like there was the sequel movies, but there really wasn't a lot outside of that and they weren't touching the prequels. So they were really going like fully ham fisted towards original trilogy only. Yeah, very much post Sith and pre A New Hope. Because both Solo and Rogue One being the only anthology movies that we have take place in that time period, in that mm -hmm. in that gap. So um yeah, anyone who likes Solo though, you can continue the story in Marvel Comics. So really good Hopefully at some point they'll make a series on Disney Plus and like fill out more of this because I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I'd watch that. I hope so. I hope so. And at the very least, I mean, even a very well-written novel or comic series that just kind of finishes the solo storyline, whatever it may be, what like what happened with Kira and Darth Maul and all that stuff, like that would be nice to see just to have it resolved, you know, put behind yeah. us, lay it to rest. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's all the time we got for today. Unless there's anything last minute you want to bring up. Mm, I guess I'm just excited for the Boba Fett series to come out soon. We're getting closer and closer. Just about two yeah. months out now. I see you're wearing your Boba Fett sweater. Yeah, I am. In preparation. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> got the fabric armor on. Live and breathe Boba. The fabric Boba. best guard. They got Living transformers underneath. Nice. <laughs> Living the nerd life. Yeah, man. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? All right. Well, thanks again for coming back on the show, as always. And uh, I guess we'll catch you in the next one. Sounds good. Got a blast. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, hopefully the episode was uh, filling you in okay. I mean, uh, you know, we just have fun chatting Star Wars. This was completely unscripted. Uh, we're just uh, looking up some headlines, have a list of things to get through, and uh, you know we hope uh, hope next week's episode is uh, a little more geared for content delivery. I mean, we got so many things up our sleeve that we have planned. There's just been no time to plan them. Uh, we have what happened episodes, which uh, if you don't know what our what happened episodes were about, uh, the last one came out a little while. They're geared at explaining beginning to end chronologically uh, the character's story arc among Star Wars in the canon books, comics, video games, films, and TV shows. And it's been a really cool way to explore or re-explore the character arcs of some of these characters we've seen uh, from The Mandalorian and uh, various uh, of the films and so on and so forth. We had our RIP Star Wars series, which was uh, two episodes going over all the canceled Star Wars things, canceled and uh, never released movies, TV shows, games, all that stuff, uh, as well as check out our Star Wars Visions review that we did recently. That was an awesome one as well, but we got lots more coming down the road as well as Book of Boba Fett around the corner. So subscribe to the podcast and of course, we'll see you guys in the next one. May the force be with you.